one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello. You're listening to BFN. This is the podcast about infertility, IVF, and the trials of trying for a baby. I'm Emma. And I'm Gabby. And we've both been trying for a baby for a really long time, and despite that, neither of us is currently pregnant. Hi, you guys. Hello. How are you doing? Welcome to episode 16. 16? Yeah. Sweet 16. We've had quite a week this week, haven't we? We have had a busy week, yeah. Yeah. Um, had some exciting meetings on Wednesday. We did. Ooh. Ooh secrets. Yeah. <laughs> and it's two and a bit weeks until our party. Yes. I can't believe that's come around so quickly. It's insane. Um, if you have a ticket and you can't come, please can you relinquish it so other people can come? Because How do people relinquish it though? I don't know. You just tell us. Yeah. 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 We'll sort it out. Just give us a shout. Yeah. Um yeah, because you know, people want to come. We're we're yeah. popular. We are. Yeah. It's going to be great. It is going to be great. I'm, I'm I'm in such a Christmassy mood as well. Are like you? usually every year I'm like, no, it's too early for Christmas songs <laughs> until like December. But I'm just I'm just in the vibe, man. We, they really? started playing Christmas songs at work and I did not I was into it. Could Bublé? Bublé. You going to say something else, pal. <laughs> um I it's really crept up on me I really mm. it's I really didn't expect it it's just suddenly happened because I guess in my last job I used to write a lot about like Christmas adverts oh yeah it was, oh. A, it was a high oh I mean I loved yeah I loved writing about Christmas yeah adverts. it was really fun but um this year I'm not doing that so I think my it's like passed you by Past have the Christmas adverts passed you by then? Well, I've I've only watched half the John Lewis one. Why only half? The very long. The end is the best bit. <laughs> the builder came. That's when you start crying. It's at the end. <laughs> I wasn't crying. Oh no, it always gets me. They never yeah. fail. But even this year, it's about Elton yeah. John. Yeah. Oh, it's just you know. I think the, they just have this combination of music, and I don't know what they do, but they just my tear ducts just start going. <laughs> it's really bad. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Um, um yeah so i wanted to update anyone that's been following the michelle obama story oh, yeah. and reading her biography mm-hmm. um so you'll be pleased to know that we have contacted her office we and have. asked her to come on the podcast yeah. um so we i mean we haven't heard back yet <laughs> but i suspect that that's because she's busy like crafting a really nice response i think so too yeah she wants it to be just right you know well you don't want to turn down bfn no this is her biggest opportunity she'll probably do when she comes to the uk in december she'll probably do the today program Mm, bfn that's it bfn maybe she'll swing into the christmas party oh i mean Um, mean, she is welcome you're welcome michelle if you want to come yeah come on down yeah, this is we'd your... love to see you. Yeah, this will 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 give you a platform. Yeah. No, and no one else has given you a platform to tell your story. So we'll <laughs> give you the platform. <laughs> I mean, she's doing this. Is it the South Bank Centre? Yeah, I think yeah. she's doing a talk, isn't she? That yeah. got sold out like within seconds. Yeah. I think. And all the tickets are like ten million pounds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that would be amazing. Yeah. Anyway, just thought I'd update you on that guy. <laughs> <laughs> um. So this week we are talking to Sophie Solaria and Johnny Baker. Yes. Um who are if you've listened to The Long Road to Baby well if you haven't you should. Yeah, definitely. Um 
it's a great podcast. It's just, it's about them looking at all the kind of alternatives to IVF. It's really comforting. It is comforting, yeah. I found, even though I haven't even started IVF, it was just great to just hear what happens when it if it doesn't go right you know I think mm-hmm. it's um I think it's such an important thing that they've done yeah um and they're really funny yeah they're lovely they're so nice they just they just they, we just sat down and like all just started talking didn't yeah we? it wasn't like there's no like <laughs> waiting <laughs> it was a good old natter <laughs> yeah so yeah, there's that there is that and you're talking to Professor Tim yes I did I spoke to Professor Tim Child about frequency of sex when you're trying to conceive because um, I know that a lot of people say you should do it every other day around mm-hmm. the fertile window. And someone did write in and ask us to, to put it to Tim to find out yeah. what his tuppence worth is. And yeah, obviously he gave it. Very insightful he was too. It was very interesting. Um, and what else? Well, um, I've got a couple of articles coming out, which is exciting. That is exciting. Yeah. Where um, are they going to be? So today is Tuesday, so yesterday there should have been an article in the Metro about IVF and work. Um, So thank you to everyone that gave me their stories for that. I really appreciate it. And um, I mean, I couldn't use them all, obviously, but but yeah, it was really good. That's amazing. And so today there was an article in Refinery29. Cool. About TTC sex. That's so exciting. My new uh, specialist subject. In the meantime... If you want to contact us, um, you can contact us via email. Yes, email us at bigfatnegativepodcast at gmail.com. You can go to Instagram. At bigfatnegative. You can go to Facebook. Bigfatnegative. You can go to Twitter. At bigfatnegative. I think that's all. That's the rounds. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Please right. go to Twitter, guys. Please. <laughs> I'm trying to build that Twitter <laughs> your, following. This is your one-woman mission. I know, it really is. It's like, it's like shouting into an empty room. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. See you later. Yeah, and don't forget to, if you've got time, rate and review the podcast because it helps other people to find it. It does. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Gabs, how are you? Um, yeah, uh, I'm all right now. Oh, God. I've had a bit of a... What? I've had a bit of a shit week. Why? Oh, I just had a bit of a wobble um, on last Tuesday and yeah it basically we as people know who listened to last week's podcast we went to see uh jonathan ramsey who referred us for some tests to uh-huh. have a look at for dna fragmentation in my husband's semen uh-huh. um and so on tuesday we rang to organize the test and found out how much the test was going to cost mm. how many how many zeros uh too many for my liking okay um i just okay i thought it was gonna be about 300 quid yeah i was like which is steep but it's doable yeah it's expensive but it's worth it Mm -hmm. 966 english pounds Mm, shut the door oh god yeah so we kind of like spiraled and started questioning whether we should do it or not we kind of we were going back and forth and then um, I rang my mum and like my mum was like giving me all of the reasons that I had said we should do it in the first place. Yeah. All of the logical reasons to get as much information as possible before we head into January. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I felt like I kind of needed someone to reaffirm why we were doing it and just yeah. tell us that I wasn't completely mad. Yeah. And she did that. She did that. And then I spoke to my husband again and we just... I think we were just both really stressed by the price. Yeah. And then I spoke to you uh-huh. and I was freaking out. Then I went, started crying, walking around Sainsbury's. Oh God, not Sainsbury's. That's the worst supermarket to I cry. Know. Sainsbury's orange. local. Oh, yeah. no. I was just walking around clutching a jar of pesto, just weeping. <laughs> <laughs> if you need to cry, go to Waitrose. Yeah. Much higher quality of tissue. <laughs> um, yeah, and it was just a horrible evening. I got home and, I mean, my husband rang me again and he was like, he rang me to apologise for being a bit grumpy earlier and I just burst into tears and he was like, oh no, why are you crying? Um, yes, it's quite a hard evening. But um, I think it just, it. I mean, we've got, we've got funding for a round of IVF on the NHS mm-hmm. and I don't think we were quite prepared for this kind of cost at this point. Yeah. And it feels a little bit like it's a slippery slope. 
Yeah, you could go into all kinds of weird shit. Like, what's next? Like, how much is the... You know, that's just finding out. Like, that's just the test. What about the treatment? I just... I was just all got a bit much. Um, But anyway, on my mum's advice and my own advice, Mm -hmm. we went ahead with it. Oh, my G. Yep. Or Um, oh, my many Gs. Oh, um, many Gs. (laughs) And... So yeah, uh, my husband went in for the test on Friday morning and it was amusing. Stressful. So, well, okay. He was kind of thinking, because it was so expensive, that it would be quite a nice place. Okay. Um, The £10 million wank. Exactly. Most expensive wank he's ever had (laughs) and probably ever will have. And you'd want it to be kind of nice. Yeah. But he was saying it was a bit, it was a bit grim. A bit seedy. Yeah. Mm. And it was the first time he'd had to do his sample in-house, so to speak. <laughs> so I think he was a bit like, a bit daunted and it just wasn't a nice experience. Oh. But, um, so, so he was in the room. Yeah. And he was, he was told basically you have to, when you're finished, <laughs> ring, ring us and we'll come down and collect the sample. So he's standing there with his little jar. So that sounds fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a bit gross, but fine. So he rings up when he's finished and he hears the girl come flying down the stairs and she goes into the room next door. No. And hears this guy going, whoa. <laughs> so like, <laughs> she ran in on someone having a wang. Oh no. Can you imagine? Oh my God. Oh my God. That is... And meanwhile, he's standing there clutching his really? little sample. Yeah, just wondering what's going on, <laughs> feeling sorry for the poor guy next door who's just oh been... Oh, my God. <gasps> most expensive wank he's ever had as well. <laughs> and also the worst. Oh, my God. Oh. Hilarious. Did she not knock first? No, I guess not. Just, like, confidently strode oh, in. Oh, just, just so horrible. I can't even imagine what that guy must be going through. I would be asking for a refund. Wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> be like, I'm going to have to come back next time. <laughs> oh, just the worst. Um, so, yeah, so that happened. Cool. Um, and then, oh, yeah, yesterday. So this is kind of unrelated, but but also kind of related to fertility. So people might remember that I bought myself a little moon cup recently. Yeah, I remember Um, that. And you've been like trying to pluck up the courage. Yeah. And it was on the advice of one of our listeners who, you know, obviously it's less toxic and it's better for the environment. It is. Ticks all of those boxes. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to try this. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I tried it this weekend and I got it stuck. What? Yeah. How? Yeah, so... Um, Can you describe the situation? Uh, I will. Not in the greatest of detail, but in some detail. Um, so, okay, so at first I tried it and it was very uncomfortable. Okay. And I was like, that's weird. It shouldn't be uncomfortable. So, so I took it back out and I looked at some YouTube videos. And so... <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> and they've got little stems or quite, quite significant stems yeah. on them. And this girl was like, oh, cut the stem off because you don't oh really God. need that. Isn't that for pulling out? Well, but a lot of them don't actually have a stem at all. So this is why so I felt... how do you take them out? Well, good question. Okay. So I cut it off. with a li- I left a little bit because I wasn't that brave. Yeah. So I left like half the stem. And, you docked um, it. You docked its tail. I did. I did. And then I, uh, yeah, I popped it in after a shower and could not get it out. Absolutely freaked out. I was like... I was in the bathroom trying to calm down. I was like, okay, it's okay. You can do this, you can do this, you can do this. I was in there for like half an hour. Were you having like palpitations? Yeah, man. Did you was... get tunnel vision? I'd get tunnel vision at that point. Oh, I was, I was really going through the motions. And then and then after half an hour, I was like, I'm going to have to f- tell my husband what's happening. I, I'm going to have to. <laughs> He's going to have to go out with a pair of pliers. I know, that's what I was thinking. I was like, maybe we're going to have to get some tweezers. <laughs> uh, so I went into the living room. My husband was having a nap. He's having like a Sunday afternoon nap. And you were like, babe. I was like, wake up. Wake up! I've got my moon cup stuck, <laughs> and this is what two days after the nightmare wank. Yeah. Oh, oh what God. a weekend. Um, oh, so he was like, "Calm down. Why don't you run yourself a bath, get and sit in the bath, and you know, once you've calmed down, maybe you'll be in a better position to try and get it out." Great idea. It was. It was good advice. I mean, he doesn't know anything about moon cups, <laughs> but it was. It was solid advice. <laughs> Oh, so I did, and I calmed down in the bath, shaved my legs, legs took the opportunity to shave Great. them. Um, that calmed me down, and then I got out, and I did, I did manage to 
Jesus. to remove the, and I was, I was like that I am scary stuff never trying that again oh my god so the moon cup is out what's well, out for me <clears throat> it works for lots of people and people swear by it but that was horrendous I bought some organic cotton tam- tampons I think that's my that might be what I have to do they're by a company called Yoni Yoni well because you know how like phallic means penis yeah. like yonic yonic is vagina like you only live once yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly uh, um well i'll be i'll be buying those cool because i tell you what that moon cup is not coming out of my oh my ever God. again <laughs> <laughs> anyway that's my week emma how's yours been well i got my period Woo-hoo! i literally had i was in a celebratory mood all week well i was in a celebratory mood for one day and then the pain came but only oh. for a day that's all right. Yeah. So I've just, I've started on the estrogen. So I am on four tablets a day. So that's eight milligrams plus patches. Um, I'm like just quite tired and emotional. And then I got a cold, oh, which is why I'm like crap. quite husky right now. So, so you're feeling fine from the estrogen? I feel like, I feel like my head is not really in the game with anything else that I'm doing right. I'm basically just thinking about this because I've got, you know I've got to take four tablets a day so at any given time like my alarm's gonna go off in like half an hour I had quite an awkward conversation with someone at work where like my alarm went off and the guy was like oh what's that for and I was like drugs and he was like oh what kind and I was like the kind that I have to take four times a day oh. and then and then at that point he was like Oh, I, I I shouldn't talk about this. <laughs> yeah, he realised it's like, a misstep. Yeah, yeah. He was he was all right. He's nice, but um, it was just quite a funny conversation. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm just like, I'm. My head keeps doing this thing where it starts being positive. Yes, so that's it okay, keeps, Emma. Let it keeps it, being like, oh, um, that week's gonna be embryo transfer week, and I don't like. I want it to stop. Oh, mate, I think it's okay to be optimistic. I know, just, just, I think, I think that's all right. Don't beat yourself up for daring to dream. I just feel like we've had two, you know, as far as my body is concerned, I've had two months off now of drugs or anything. Mm. Um, I've had, like, I haven't taken a dodgy pill, which I think is what messed up my medicated round last time. Yeah. I haven't, like, done anything. So all that can happen is if I... If I ovulate, then that'll be bad. Um, and I, I don't get my first scan until day 14. And we're currently on day, like, five. Okay. So I'm, like, feeling a bit anxious about that. Today I lost my pack of pills, of estrogen pills. Oh, buddy. They're, they're around somewhere. I'll find them again. But I just had to break into another one and was like, oh, this is good. But, um, yeah, I'm just, like, anxious and... Yeah. I'm like probably more chill than I ever have been going into a round really because I'm not really expecting it to work. I'm just kind of Okay. But I think as time goes on I probably will become Yeah. I I, more... I hope so. I know it's it's important to protect your emotions, but yeah. also you've got to kind of go with it and, and be a bit more positive about it. I think that's fine. Yeah. I'll be I'll be positive once we've had that scan and they've gone, yeah. You look great. Everything looks great. Mm. I'll be like, great. Yeah. But after before that scan, I'm going to be an absolute mess. Okay. All right. And yeah. so you've got how long to wait for that? So I think the scan should be on the 21st of November. But because we're recording a week in advance, um, it's now like quite early on in November. Mm. So, yeah, we'll see. Okay. And all things going well. What are the next steps? So I have a scan on the 21st of November and they look at me and go, everything's great. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Great lining, Emma. Great lining. And wow, look at those quiet ovaries. There's nothing going on in there. (laughs) Not a peep. Not a peep. And I'll be like, thank God. Um, And then I will start on the progesterone pessaries, at which point I have to decide which which hole to put them in dum, dum, dum. maybe we could crowdsource that decision excellent work <laughs> i look forward to that myself yes and then yeah so six days after the scan technically is when the embryo transfer should be technically we'll see so you could technically have embryo on board 
beginning of December? Yeah. Beginning oh, of December. Right. Just in time for our party. Yeah. Oh. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> we'll all be so happy then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll be drunk on life. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, well, congratulations on your period. Thanks, mate. It feels like I'm such so a big glad deal. that you're popping those pills. Yeah. It's great I am. news. I'm popping legit pills and confusing all my colleagues. <laughs> oh, yeah. And also, I got this like, I've had a, few, a couple of like um, symptoms, like, side effect type things and one of them is that my left hand went numb <laughs> for like well it actually went a bit numb today as well but it went numb for about half a day and I was like do I need to worry about this and I posted something on Instagram I was right. like do I need to, does anybody else have this because I was like if I go and ask my doctor about it she's gonna be like yeah stop taking the pills we'll try again next round so I was like I'm not gonna do that right okay yeah. so um so I, I went to the, the internet of course and and what did the internet tell so you so most people were like no, I don't have that. And then one person sent me a message and she was like, I had that, but I've made the decision to ignore all symptoms that don't radically alter my life right. <laughs> in a bad way. Okay, and are you right-handed? Um, yeah, I'm right-handed. So but it was like, I could still use my hand. need your left hand. It just felt a little bit numb. Like, oh, Yeah, weird. so I've just decided I'm going to ignore that. Mm, and mm. I, yeah, I Googled it and yeah, it said maybe I'm overdosing on estrogen, but I'm just... <laughs> I was just ignoring it because it's not, as she said, it's not like changing my life in any particularly negative way, yeah. except for it's a bit weird. Well, I've got like really, really bright yellow wee at the ah. moment, which I think is something to do with the supplements I'm taking. And I, I'm like, oh, should I stop taking all of the supplements? I don't want to stop. I've Googled it and I think most people say it's fine. Yeah, well, you know. So actually, yeah. I mean, if anyone wants to get in touch about numb hands or very yellow wee. Yeah. Please do. Only get in touch if numb hands are okay. If numb yes, hands so. are not okay, then I'll, I'll learn that myself. Yeah, if yellow, if yellow wee means I've weed out all of my eggs for the rest of my life, don't tell me. <laughs> it's yellow because it's my melted it's eggs. yolk. <laughs> Scrambled eggs. <laughs> I think that's enough for today, isn't it? Sorry, guys. I've been a bit, um, been a bit gross today. <laughs> Sophie, who's a BBC reporter, and Johnny, who also works for the BBC, very publicly came out as struggling with fertility on national radio in an interview with Eddie Mayer back in October last year. They made a series documenting alternative ways to have a family and launched their podcast, The Long Road to Baby, a few weeks ago. It's not like me to recommend other podcasts, but I would say this is compulsory listening if you've gone some of the way down the road to IVF and are considering other options. Um, It's painfully honest and there's a few heartbreaking moments. I think there's a bit at the end where you're talking to your mum and there's a sob and I I was, I just started crying on the overground. It was amazing. Um, So it is, take the tissues with you if you're going to listen, but um, it is important if you are getting to the end of your IVF process and, and looking at the other options. Guys, thanks for coming. Well, thank you for having us and thanks for doing your research. We did. <laughs> well, no worries. <laughs> Literally, I listened to the whole thing and at the beginning, I'm always a bit funny about listening to other people's infertility podcasts because I'm like, guys. <laughs> but I I found it really easy to just go on to it. I like I basically binged the whole thing. Oh, thank you. And I think it's very, to be fair, it, we've got very different podcasts in that this was almost like a documentary style mm. thing. It's It's... Definitely yeah. um, something that we've worked on for, and it was almost a, quite a while. second stage sort of thing. Yeah, hundred you know, percent. After fine. things haven't worked, what are you going to look at next? Yeah, um, yeah. So emotional, like almost the way it is because it's quite documentary style. But and you know we're, we're journalists. We've all been there. We've all like sat and kind of listened to somebody talk about their experiences. But you're also part of it, and I think that almost made it more emotional. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, you mentioned us doing this for PM in the first place. It did start its life as really just a series of ten-minute reports for PM. Um, it was when it had finished that we decided to extend it and make it a bit more podcasty and a bit longer because there was more room for it. And mm-hmm. people said, you know, what happened to this person? Or was there more of this? And we thought, well, actually, we could probably... We had so much material. But talking about the emotional side of it, and um, we were very different when we went into this because I tend not to think things through ever. <laughs> and Johnny thinks things through a lot and realises yes or no at the end of it. And so you were fine, weren't you, when we decided to do this? You thought, yes, yeah, yeah. it's going to be great. And I just fell apart, like, after 
the first piece went out completely fell apart and yeah. it kind of ruined my mental health for a, for oh, a month shit. or so at the time well it was just so seismic like yeah. Yeah. we decided to record that IVF round that final one mm. and it, at the time of doing it it was cathartic and it was actually great to have a distraction because can you imagine not having to think about that yeah. process mm. and actually just think about things like did they say that clearly? And, um, you know, was that picked up? And damn, I didn't press record, you know, those things. Mm-hmm. And it was only when I'd put it together and filed it. And then I was just, I listened back to it. Oh, I was shopping. It was crazy. I don't know what I was thinking. I was shopping and Johnny was at home and I listened to it separately. And I just stood there in like central London thinking, oh, and I just felt so exposed. And oh, God, like I, I might as well just it. take all my clothes off and run down or down Oxford Street. It was just. I think you forget that people are actually listening. Yeah. Because what we all do, and you know, I'll sit in a studio and it's just me and a couple of producers and presenters. Mm. Well, that's just us. But yeah. actually, when you think that there's so many people listening and you're exposing yourself, <laughs> but I think I'd, I think I've decided I that. That was the way it was. As Sophie yeah. said, you know, that's what we're going to do, yeah. right? We're going to, you know, go and do it. But listening, I've listened back to the podcast and I, it, what I found, I don't think I really paid much of a, much attention to the Radio 4 series. It just sort of went out and it was fine, day, you know, week yeah. by week. But listening to the podcast again, it's really emotional mm. at times. It is really it is emotional. And apart yeah. from my bits, which I sort of skip through because I've never really liked the sound of my own How voice. How good is he, by the way? <laughs> really good. I'm like, that's why I'm a sound engineer and not, you know, a reporter or presenter. <laughs> you so, be. yeah. Um, I just, yeah, and I've been walking back from the train station or on the tube and I'm like, hey, no, this is, and this is things I've heard time and time over again and we've edited and, mm. and, and listened yeah. to. So, yeah, I still sometimes, I don't sometimes believe what we've, what, why we've put it out there or what what we've done sometimes. I was going to say, like, once you'd started talking about it, did it kind of make it easier for you? You're kind of like, oh, I, actually, this feels quite good. Yeah, definitely. And I think when, you know, we were obviously doing things and, and chatting, but it wasn't me letting my feelings out or talking about how I felt. And then mm. when we did, um, looked at sort of the male side and I chatted to another couple of guys and things like that, and I was really nervous to start with. I was like, I can't believe I'm going to sit here and, and, and chat with a couple of guys about literally all our facility stories mm. um, and how hard that was. And we were sitting there and we chatted for, what, an hour and a half? And the producer had to tap me on the shoulder and go, are you going to finish soon? Because like, I've got to edit this. <laughs> I've got to get this down. I was, like, I was like, what was the time? And I was like, I've got, I've got one more question. You know, and we sort of did. but yeah. and, and chatting to people who had been through it and, um, I don't know, turned up and were so comfortable to talk to and were happy to talk as well it helped me and doing more and more has made me want to do more really Mm. was that quite cathartic for you after you hadn't talked about it so much I think I think um when Sophie said I want to do this and I want to do a series and and I sort of said okay I'll support you Mm -hmm. and thought that was it and I can be the supportive one but sort of to then almost I needed to be pushed into it and when and um, was he? He was pushed. And when <laughs> and it, and come it, on, babe, just talk. And it was the editor who said, "I want you to do um, an episode." Yeah. And I'm like, "Oh, great, yeah, I'll do, I'll do one." And then I thought about it. And I thought, you know, do I really want to do it? Yeah. Um, but once I started, it was cathartic, and it's really helped. It really have helped. You, I mean, I was going to say, have you talked about it a lot since with a lot of people? Not that I wouldn't say not that many, but okay. I'm more open about it. Um, and when. I do talk. I, I you know, I'm, I'm you know, more open, and there's more people to talk to about it who have been through it as well. And that might be on as a Facebook group for men that I sort of mention, and you know, le- reading those comments and and, and posting on there, um, and doing things like the fertility show. You say you don't talk to people though, but when we got to the fertility show last weekend, you literally <laughs> said, "Oh, I'll be back in a bit. I've just found some mates." And honestly, I didn't see him for that. We were there early. I thought. Get a tea, you know, <laughs> hang out. I'm not on my own. Like, talking to men. So you say you don't talk to people. Yeah, and there's, um, we did the do. fertility fest thing and I went there and it's like, oh, hi, how are you doing? You know, and it's almost like a community and you mm. see people you, don't, you know, don't necessarily see unless you're doing you know, these sort of events. Yeah. And it is good. You know, you catch up and you can chat and they sort of get where you're coming from mm. and they sort of understand. There's underlying understanding yeah. um, for people who have been through it that's quite nice and quite comforting. Definitely helps, oh. doesn't it? Um, so just to backpedal quite a lot, <laughs> we normally start 
this by asking people about their journey. Oh, I'm sorry. We but... just started talking. <laughs> no, <didn't we? laughs> no, it's great. No, it's great. Um, but Rude. obviously, like, you know, your journey is kind of very well documented. So in a very short nutshell, yes, you guys have been trying for a baby for five years. Yes, we have. And um, we discovered that that was going to be difficult not that to be fair not that long after we started trying I mean part of that was instinct because I just well part of it was instinct and part of it is just me being really impatient a lot can happen in three years like a chatbot may be your new best friend but what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. But... All my friends got pregnant really quickly, right? So, mm. yeah, fertile bitches. They were like <laughs> popping them out, eat, like honestly, by mistake and all kinds of things. Oh, <laughs> and I just world. thought, you know, once we'd got married in 2012 and we started trying, I just thought this would be easy. But six months in and it wasn't. And I just knew, I just said, there's something very wrong. And I had, I did have difficult periods, etc. And so it wasn't a huge jump or leap to try and get a diagnosis of endometriosis well it was through the nhs but it wasn't when we went privately and got the diagnosis uh, and then secondary um premature ovarian failure came straight after that so we we knew that it was going to be tough okay and then it we just went into we went into ivf quite quickly after that well i don't know because we i was thinking about this the other day and over all the rounds, um, the last sort of three were done really quite quickly, mm. and then the sort of the first one, which was on the NHS. Um, by the time we'd seen a consultant, and then they'd referred us, for, and you had an operation, yeah. and then we went back for something else, and then that was another six months, and then you had to wait six it's months true. for another operation. It seemed actually thinking about that time mm. and the waiting and the waiting, and we were in and out of yeah, um, right. the hospital, sort of you know, quite a lot. And then suddenly, after the, your second operation, they were like, "Hmm, yeah, we're not sure. Looking at these these te- you know test results, we we might not give you one." And we had to almost what kick up true? exactly. Yeah, no, you are right. A certain I, level, see, I see, that out. <laughs> and we had to almost and fight to sort of say, "Well, hang on a minute. You've done two operations, and you've done all this, and you're just going to say, yeah, no." What? And actually, the head of um, fertility at the hospital we were at said, "No, you of course we're going to give you around. Yeah. Forget about all these results." Huh. Yeah. They had missed, was, they had missed a lot in the NHS throughout the years with my endometriosis. There should have been it should have been picked up sooner, and the laparoscopies showed quite a lot of damage there. So yeah, we did get one round, mm. but then after that we started to yeah, do it ourselves, that. and that does take okay. that's slightly quicker. And how you, many rounds did you end up doing? Six. Six. Okay. Yeah, it yeah. was six rounds. And after your sixth round, which we heard on the podcast, yeah. mm. you you just decided that's it. We decided that before the sixth round because um, Johnny and I had hit an all-time low in 2016. Um, we'd had a particularly difficult round where there were no eggs when they went in for collection and I wasn't ready to quit and he was, basically. And we had to come to a compromise. We got to a point, didn't we, where we just thought it was it was breaking every part of our life, really. As you well know, it's a yeah. horrible, hideous situation. And... Um, Johnny just wanted to quit there and then and I just wasn't ready. So we kind of found a end point which was me turning twenty five um, 
I wish, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me turning 35. Um, and that's that's really what, what we decided really for our marriage and for sense really mm, you know yeah. it's so expensive and yeah. it's so emotionally draining and... it must take strength though for you to go right that's it and also you know how can you ever say never like yeah that's what we decided um and how long ago was that that was um oh god Goodness. wait well that was the year so we did the last round last yeah. july okay. which was that was it yeah that was 2017 yeah and I think what made us carry on after the sort of three first three rounds, where I was like, "Look, this isn't really working. Should we look at something else? Should we, you know?" Um, was that there was a glimmer of hope, and the doctors were like, "Oh, you know, there is still a chance." And I was sort of cursing them in a way, going, "Now you've said it, we're yeah. going to have to keep going until that chance diminishes to a point where, well, it's almost you know nothing." Um, but to have that cut off point, I think, was a compromise. Wasn't yeah, it? it had to be really because it just takes you through the ringer, mm-hmm. like that whole yeah. thing, and and the waiting to do it, and the the problems behind not being able to, and then the maybe the drugs don't work that time, then something else yeah. happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's always a stop-start process, and I think that's the thing about I think that's what we aimed to t- to try and show in in that IVF documentary mm. was that it's not just a case like I thought when we first started of nipping in, having mm-hmm. a few injections for a day. Have, I mean, seriously, that's what I thought, having an egg out and it yeah. fertilising and it working. Yeah, yeah, they just you pop know? a baby in. That mm-hmm. is exactly what we thought would happen. It, we were so naive when it came to that. And I wanted, we wanted to try and show that actually it it, it, it is not, it's nothing like that. It's, yeah. there's, it's, there's so many highs and lows and hurdles. Well, that's the common narrative, isn't it? That's what you always hear, you just hear... Oh, well, so-and-so did it, and now they're pregnant. So obviously that'll happen for you. They had triplets. <laughs> yeah, that's the way you get twins. I know. Yeah, um, we heard a lot of that. We've always said that we're going to stop when I'm 35. Like, 35 is the, the age, and I'm now approaching my 33rd birthday, and I'm like, yeah, but I've just had a year off. Like, I've just had a year where I haven't been able to do anything. So does that add another year on yeah. at the other end? Like, I know. And it's, it's an emotional decision. Yeah. And for us, it, it ended up being a... Um, a decision for our marriage and for our mental health yeah, you know yeah, it, you know when to end you mm. know some people could go on till 40 and beyond mm-hmm. and be successful or not be but for us we just needed to remember why we got married in the first place mm-hmm. and we didn't want for our marriage to constantly be punctuated by this heartbreak yeah mm. and it really is you know constantly for a long time if Great. you're not actually going through treatment you're waiting for tr- and you, mm. it just seems to be waiting for everything. Yeah. It's just a waiting game. You wait for to start, and then you wait to see how you get yeah. on, and then you wait, and then you know if you have you know an egg implanted, then you're waiting, and you say, "I'm like, oh, I'm just sick of waiting in yeah. a way." And I think that's why mm. I was so eager to to push on and maybe look at other things yeah. earlier on, was because I was just tired of waiting. I was quite impatient. Yeah, I, I don't think that's impatience. That I keep being told that I'm being impatient. I'm like, no, it's been a year. This isn't impatient. Yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> just... no, that's hardcore. <laughs> yeah, exactly, Emma. Um, so the last we heard of you guys at the end of the podcast, you kind of there's a toss up between two options. Um, there was fostering to adopt, which Sophie you were keen yeah, on, I, yeah. and there was egg donation, which Johnny you were keen on. Yeah, have you? And we're not not keen on adopting from this country and overseas as well because I've got family in Pakistan but Mm. it's the million dollar question to ask what we're going to do and we are further forward in our mind I hope you don't mind and everyone else listening um if we do take a bit more time just to be able to think these these things through because (laughs) we've basically made the decision that we need to bed down have some time for us I think we know where our minds are are at um but we're just going to enjoy our first Christmas I think where we're not avoiding baby Jesuses. <laughs> and, yeah. and, you know, yeah. that whole celebration of kids. Uh, and this year we can actually just enjoy mm. Christmas as, okay... Sort of mind off it in a way. Mind yeah. off it, yeah. new steps, etc. as opposed to so waiting for another round of Ivy bloody F, right? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we I think, that's, I think that's how we do feel. We feel like we're going to take some time together and just... Okay. 
But going through every option, it was always sort of when, when we started talking about it, every option seemed a good option. Yeah. And then almost, oh, hang on a minute, you turn the page over and there's all perhaps the, the things that give you a negative connotation of it or you think, mm-hmm. oh, this isn't going to work for us or this is bad. And it was really tough sometimes. Oh, this is really good. And then suddenly you're thinking, oh, what I thought was really good for us perhaps isn't, you know, and it mm. might even be down to the cost of it or the availability. Yeah. or and, actually, and that was really tough. And, and both we might say didn't, agree all the time and so he said I think this is really good we should look in this and I was like oh, I'm not so sure and you know, we were putting each other off certain options as well and, and it, it's really hard to be on the same page yeah. and that's really important which, which, which you know, we have learned over the last five years is to try and be on the, the same page but yeah. it's hard to be because if you don't feel it you know you can't go into something that no. you're uncomfortable with yeah it's also really depressing to think that your plan b might end up not working anyway everyone has a fallback you know, and yeah. I don't want to say that because I want to remain positive to <laughs> yeah. be honest but you know you have to have other options open to you yeah. I think what I have learned from this podcast and I think you feel the same is that in every case the people we spoke to had come out of the other side and they'd come out happier yeah. mm. or at least happy and that is so important and I think I've been doing a lot of sort of soul searching through this last year and thought you know life is really short yeah we've got this short amount of of life here and if if one of these options or any one of these options or both two of these options make us happy Mm. then great great we just got to get our head around it and get there because these people are happy some of them are happy their IVF didn't work you know yeah that's because they got their baby yeah. in their form in the end. But yeah. the only episode that I would, I felt like that wasn't necessarily true was the childlessness one, where mm. they all sounded very sad, and all of them said, "I can talk about it now." Yeah, but but like they've a year been ago, through a real been tough to. time to yeah. try and get to that stage of talking to it. I felt the same, and I know those ladies very very well now, especially yeah. the first two I've become very close to, and. Um, I think they'll both still say they have hard times. And that's really, really difficult, isn't the, it? The idea of people saying, I'm going to be a grandma. I know. And you being like, yeah. fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> not again, I've been through this one. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't go away. Just, it's still there. I came to that realisation about my mum recently because one of her best mates is, is there having a grandchild. And I was like, gosh, that must be hard for my mum as well, that yeah. she's also going through this, Are like, pregnancy announcement. An only child? Have you got any? My young, my nearest sibling is only in his early 20s, so yeah. it's, it's me. Uh, so this is it. Yeah, and this was this is where it's... we struggled because yeah. um I have two parents and they have one girl and that's me and I had this huge sense of, sense of guilt when it came to my mum and dad mm-hmm. because they were getting older they didn't have me very young either and just my mum for both of them have been absolutely incredible you know we only want what you want but you can't help mm-hmm. but feel badly yeah and you you know that mum is avoiding the baby section mm. in in Debenhams you know that yeah it's just just heartbreaking whereas Johnny's mum was going through it with us still has to go through it with us and yet she also became a grandma a couple of years ago mm. so she's that she's in that state where she wants to be delighted and she is delighted she's a grandma but she's also reserving a slight yeah. element of her yeah. emotions yeah. and she's for us. you know and when you try and quantify it's, well you know you are a grandma she goes but i want to be a grandma to your child yeah you know that, and it, that like brought me to tears <laughs> which, <laughs> <Yeah. just awful. laughs> but, i mean oh, but then you sort of feel a bit I mean, not deliberately. They're putting the burden on you, but you feel it. You know, of course you're yeah, going. But she's thinking, not oh, putting I that burden on you. Really, you know, they want what we want. Yeah. She wants you if, to be happy. You know, yeah. if we said from the beginning of this story that we didn't want kids, none of our parents would feel badly. Yeah. No, no, they'd yeah. just put up with it. Yeah, they'd yeah. nag you at Christmas, but obviously yeah. they'd, <laughs> they'd get more cats. Yeah. Whereas, <laughs> whereas, um, unfortunately, they know how much we want a baby, so yeah. they are living it too. Yeah, our pain is theirs, really. 
sad episode though I, I believe oh I can agree with you that, was... that mum bit I can't even think about oh, I can't God. listen to it yeah I, I remember it very well I was walking down into the tube and I just went I'm so sorry actually for all the listeners that have just cried in public making yeah. their way to work <laughs> weeping because you what done it's so important and it's not something that we've heard on a lot of the kind of the other podcasts and the other things that we read about mm. about the next steps it's so it's such an important thing That's to hear it's comforting it. to hear to be honest maybe what some people mean? think that you know after IVF and maybe if you've made a decision to stop or look at other options then it's the end but actually mm-hmm. it's just another beginning yeah and it doesn't stop and know, there's more waiting hard. and I, oh, do you know I think as well for for a couple like you two and other people that are embarking in, in that first sort of bit um of the IVF journey I hate it journey, journey. you just have to say in a really California journey. accent yeah. on the <laughs> you know that road down idea um, I think it's still quite important to listen to this because actually going into the IVF process if we'd had a little bit more information mm. about something that we could fall back on who doesn't mm. like a little bit of a fallback plan yeah yeah because yeah? all we had was this is going to work and it will be okay. Mm-hmm. Well, this is going to work and if this doesn't, then there's nothing else. Whereas yeah. we would have known that, okay, we can put our efforts into this, but there is yeah. mm-hmm. other options. And- it is funny how like you're always told that everything's going to be fine. Like mm. I, I um, had a session with my consultant a few weeks ago and she said, I said, oh, look, you know, is it worth us just doing a load of egg collections now so that, you know... I don't have to, I'm younger now, like yeah. I could be waiting another year for another embryo transfer. And she was like, don't worry, you'll be pregnant by then. And I was like, or by the time you're 35, sorry. And I was like, why are you, why are you saying that to me? Like, it's so weird. And that's what I thought about the fostering to adopt episode was it was interesting that they, all the professionals that you spoke to were like, oh, the children never get taken away. Uh, yeah. Or I hardly mean, ever. Hardly and, ever. But no one would give you any numbers. There weren't any numbers. There aren't apparently any numbers. You're absolutely right. I know we were told the same at one point in our IVF, not just once. Oh, it will be fine. You'll get pregnant. You're mm. young. Because we were young. I mm. was I was just 30, I think, when we yeah. first started. So, yeah, gosh, we're going to get... Of course, it's going to work. Um, and you are right. Yeah, I think that people don't realise when they say just adopt how... Mm. difficult that can be in any form I really feel strongly about fostering to adopt being a good option I think the reason that I'm more positive about it than Johnny is because I am a more positive person (laughs) in that regard (laughs) in that regard Johnny's quite Johnny Johnny will see the the overview I'll go blindly into something Mm. it's exactly what's happened with this whole podcast and I (laughs) believe that if we adopted a, a, a baby from baby baby or fostered a baby it would be okay Johnny's like Think about it if it doesn't work. Think yeah. about that percentage, whatever that percentage may be, hmm. how awful that would be. And as you could hear from the lady that contacted me, yeah. she's not I she's think, not over it. I think it, it may be quite tentative of going into things. I think and you know, when you go through the process as sort of you are now and, and, and you know, we have been, you have to make so many decisions. Mm. Am I gonna do this? Am I gonna do that? Mm. And, Sometimes you just want someone to tell you what to do and that's the right thing to do. You know, we've gone back on our decisions and gone, I don't know if that was the right decision, I don't know if that was, but it was the right decision for us at the time. Mm, but yeah. you analyse everything so deeply and it's really tough to, to say, are. well, what, you know, why didn't we try this? Why didn't we do this? And you look back and you really analyse what you've done in the past and, and you said, should I have caught yeah. my problem sooner positive, and all yeah. this? I'm like, well, you can't really think about that mm-hmm. now because... It wasn't on your radar oh, at the God. time. Oh, I berate myself for everything. Why didn't I check that when I was in my 20s? Why didn't I push for that when I was in my 30s? Why did we have that laparoscopy? You know, yeah. it's just yeah. so torturous. And you're sort of saying, would it have been better if we didn't do that? Would it have been better yeah. if we didn't? You just like, you sometimes have to break away from that. But you know, yeah. you're going to do that, aren't you, when it's, you're in that no, place? No, it's this additional anxiety that just adds to the situation, doesn't it? Like, mm-hmm. you're in that situation and you're making it worse for yourself by being like, oh, I should have done this. Why didn't we start like, trying earlier? Like, and, then there's, and then there's the people that that then say that to you mm. like the doctor that said to us when I we just it was our second round and I had the the egg was being put into my body um and she said and I said is there anything I can do to make this work anything at all and she said hmm well you could get in a time machine oh, oh my god go back off. earlier no. and have your children oh sooner oh my god 
Yeah. I was like, I only met Every... him three years ago. <laughs> like, what was I going to do? Like, hi, Johnny, I Nobody need a baby. Believes that like, we'd never that, have lasted. Yeah, that, that was actually what while happened? we were in the transfer that room. That is never okay. That's and the I, most callous thing I've ever heard. Sometimes I don't think it actually happened and it was just a nightmare that someone could say that. But <laughs> it, it actually happen. did happen. So clearly. And I spent two weeks, the, the two-week wait in absolute floods of tears when I should have been calm, <sighs> thinking this would work. I felt that it was a complete waste of time, money and effort. Oh, oh my God. Did you file a complaint? Well, I, I I went as far as I could, which was basically to tell somebody else at the hospital. Mm. But what's the point, you know? Mm. Like, bedside manner, just that like, like work it out. Definitely. I can't teach you how to be a oh. kind person. Yeah. <laughs> you know this. That's not your job. You're in the wrong field, yeah. love. <laughs> Um, I just wanted to go back to egg donation very quickly and kind of talk through what was going on in your head when you were thinking about it. Because I think it's something like a lot of people go through. And actually, I listened to that episode and watched Private Life on the same day. Mm. And I don't know if you've seen that. It's a Netflix movie. But she's talking about egg donation and she just has this massive freak out. She's she's like, I'm not letting another woman's egg in my body. Mm. Um, What does she call herself? Like a fucking vessel Mm. or something like that. It's quite an intense scene, actually. Yeah. Yeah. But um, it. I mean, I think that kind of you. It would chime with a lot of people. Would certainly chime with me. Yeah. I'd, have you kind of thought about it a bit more? Have you yes. found a way to come round to it a bit more? Or look, there's been a huge amount of counselling mm. involved with this <laughs> yeah. with this situation. Um, Johnny's been keen on this from the get go because, well, you'll you can explain why you think it's okay. But for me, as a woman, I yeah. feel like that woman. I feel like. Will I will I bond? Will mm-hmm. it be okay? Uh, we know the chances are high, but you know, will it work anyway? Um, all of those things. My main factor being that I would sort of lose a huge part of me in the death of my genetics and having quite a, quite a mixed um, heritage. I'd, I'd find that really really difficult. Mm. And it, but yeah, loads of counselling has been involved with that particular area because that is the one other way you can be pregnant that I can be pregnant. Yeah. Now who can just go? Not going to happen. Not going to do that. You can't just throw that option away. You have to try and work through that. Yeah. And I go back to what I mentioned, the thing I mentioned earlier, which is what's the most important thing at the end of this? What's the greater good in all of this? What? Who's going to look at my genetics in a hundred years time and think, hang on there, there was a little bit of a, a swirly bit here. Mm. And yeah. then of course there's the whole idea that I would carry, I would be the one that, that brings this baby into the world. And Well, that was important for you as well. So I think that's why I, I mean, mm. it's hard to, and you've said put yourself in the same situation how would it be for you mm. and it is hard to do that it really is and because I and I've said before I'd like to think you know obviously you you have to think about it and you have to get over the loss of your genetic child but I you know my priority was I want a family and, mm-hmm. and, and that's why perhaps you know adoption was a good idea and um, fostering to adopt if there wasn't you know the problems with that maybe not working so that was my priority and I've sort of tried to reiterate that in you know time to come when we might be taking our child to school well that's nobody else is doing that I think your yeah. question was what if but it's not going to it you know won't be my baby and that was a lot of the counseling I mean, who, that we did who wants to hear their child say to them at 15 you're not my real mum mm-hmm. that would absolutely break my heart yeah but then they might say that anyway yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty sure I said that <laughs> You know, I wish I, you weren't my real mum. I wish yeah. you weren't my yeah. real mum. I wish I'd never been born. <laughs> you know, I wish you, oh my goodness, imagine yeah, if we finally that. get there and they say, I wish you I'll imagine, give them the bill. Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> I wish I could get my money back. <laughs> exactly. Your inheritance is now yeah. on sports car. Thank you very much. Um, but, and I've spoken to men who have um, used donors as well. And I think from a sort of male point of view, it's similar in a way but i don't think men think about it as much perhaps you know do you not i i don't think i would think really about it as much. you'd just but, be fine about it well not just throw away oh i'm fine i think mm. i'd think about it but it would still be us having a child and that would be my priority but how many stepdads do you speak to that say oh yeah I've, you know i've got four children uh three of them from yeah the previous marriage or yeah. whatever mm. like it doesn't matter, yeah, does it nowadays? Yeah, and also, sort of, for a woman, you that there's the opportunity to carry and grow that 
you know baby mm. and there's a lot more of a bond there than the male side that actually doesn't have any connection with the child until you know yeah. they're, they're born so you then have to work at that um so it's sort of different but you know it's i think it's something you've got to get over in your own mind i think counseling yeah. is really important just to chat it out yeah, yeah. if you can get over it absolutely yeah um and so kind of having been through all the process and made the podcast is there any advice that you would give to couples who are kind of in a similar position they've come to the end of the IVF road and they're looking at other options what what would you the first steps be this is going to sound really um what's the word I'm looking for wait let me just shall I just say it yeah listen to the podcast yeah listen to the I'll say it. I feel terrible saying that. But I, you know, I genuinely feel that that is why we made it. Like, because there are people out there and people that might be there in the future that will have this horrible seismic decision. And I really feel like knowing your options and knowing the, the, the twists and turns of all of those options is so crucial for you to be able to make your mind up. Mm. This isn't what we did in the end. I mean, we're not, you know, whatever we do, I'm sure we'll go public with it at some point. But it's not about us. It's a choose your own adventure, Mm -hmm, right? Because you might listen to that podcast and take so much from the overseas adoption element that you might think, I'm just going to get on a plane to India. You know, you might come out of this and think, oh, I never wanted an egg donor, but actually I'm going to go and look for one. And that's cool. That's great. And I do think that it's about arming yourself with the tools that you need to make those decisions. And that's why we made this. Yeah, I think when we sort of started, we didn't know the options. You know, yeah. we said, you could do this, you could do that. You know, I'm a we bit confused. Enough I, don't, about I don't really know. So yeah. it sort of lays the options out, but gives you information to, as Sophie said, make yeah. your own decision yeah. and hear from the people who have done it because it's all very well somebody else saying, oh, adopt, or oh, my friends yeah, went abroad yeah. and adopted, or they did. But to hear from the people with their stories and all the stories um, of those with children are really feel good stories and it gives mm. you that warmth of we can you know this can be good for us and we can we can be there on the right path end. yeah whichever yeah. there's a light there's a happy ending yeah, yeah. whichever path there you can choose be. cool well guys thanks so much for coming yeah. on thanks, thanks for letting us grab it on <laughs> and <laughs> say to, to listen to yeah. the lot and worry to baby yeah. where is that on. available <laughs> it's on um all the places that you get your podcast ladies okay yeah. and it's um and bbc sounds bbc sounds obviously and it's a radio 4 podcast for radio 4 so yeah the long road to baby and it's out in its 10 part form to download now yeah. so you can and listen to binge. it all at once yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which i did <laughs> Now it's time for Old Wives Tales Fact or Fiction And we're talking about Sex Baby Let's talk about you and me Um Um, So yeah we asked Professor Tim About the frequency of sex Professor Tim Child of Oxford Fertility Indeed Um, Because as I'm sure many of you know People, people, the internet and people say that you should do it every other day Yeah, during the fertile window. Yeah. Because that makes sure that the sperm has time to regenerate before you go again. Yeah. Um, and I mean, yeah, I mean, is that true? Isn't it true? We thought about when yeah. you ask him. I, it, it's a good question because I like, I remember the number of times that I just made him tag me every day during my fertile window and it got quite tiring it is quite tiring Chafed. that little day off yeah. sometimes it's a bit of a godsend yeah <laughs> um because you know it gets a bit much sometimes yeah. especially when you've been trying to conceive for as long as we have yeah um, so yeah uh i mean we we try to do that we follow that rule generally okay. um as much as possible yeah i'm sure we used to i can't even remember i mean well, one thing to is that I think people sometimes do it just during the fertile window, and I think we've been we've done that a few times. Where we just ju- that's the only time we shag, Aww, which is terrible. That's sad the, sex. I know that's not what you should do. I think you yeah. should shag the whole time. Well, there was. I mean, I've told this story on this podcast before, but there was a time that um, John was working away, and I made him race back every day, <laughs> and that that was mean. But oh, you know, you got to get it in, haven't you? You got to get all the sperm in. Yeah, and um, yeah, I, 
it just becomes a bit tiring, doesn't it? It does, and... Um, and impractical. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've written about it quite a lot now, but yeah, I think yeah. it's, <laughs> it does become, like, you know, you're tired, you're not in the mood, yeah. your parents are next door, all yeah. of the reasons that is not ideal for sex. <laughs> it's that 16-year-old trying to conceive. Yeah, oh my <laughs> God. Um, and yet, you, you know, sex you must. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we thought we'd ask Professor Tim his top and worth, and here it is. So this has been looked at. The advice um, from the NICE fertility guidelines, which were back from 2013, when we looked at all the different studies looking at uh, optimising natural fertility, suggested that really intercourse a couple of times a week. So I'd normally say to people, you know, every two or three days, well, I guess every one to three days, I suppose, maximises the chance of conception. If a couple are having intercourse every day, then the sperm quality will drop down because of the frequency of intercourse. But there'll be more sperm in the, in the woman's um, pelvis. So though per you know, sexual intercourse episode, if you like, there might be fewer sperm because they had intercourse the day before and the day before, probably the total amount would be, or total quality would be similar. But I think it's important to try and not have people ticking boxes on a calendar, and that's the problem with thinking every other day. So the general advice is intercourse a couple of times a week through the cycle, so not trying to focus on the time of ovulation, not trying to measure ovulation in case you get it wrong and miss it, is the best way. So intercourse a couple of times a week throughout the cycle will maximise the chance of natural conception. That sounds very sensible. Thank you again, Professor Tim. Well, that's it. Well, guys, that's another episode done. Um, see you next week. We'll see you next week for episode 17. Yeah, and in the meantime, read Gabby's arc. Oh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Bye. Bye, guys. See you soon. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.